Morning, everyone. Welcome to the Wealthy Retailer Podcast. I'm your host, Dan Holman. Uh, here we are recording for December 10th already. I got my man, Rob Lawlisher from Road 55. Tons of headlights for us. Uh, headlights. Lights or headlines? <laughs> headlines. I got a headlight <laughs> in my face. That's why. How are you doing this morning, man? Uh, well, our first headline is a little bit of, you know, deer in the headlights. Uh, <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> we we got to deal with this again. Kind but, of uh, is. Yeah, it's uh, no good. Good day, Dan. It's you know we're we're gonna, damn it, we're just gonna take these challenges and we're gonna take them all head on, and uh, everyone's dealing with them in all their different yeah. ways, right? And and uh, I think if anything, that's probably one of the best parts out of this is this affects most equally, right? And and uh, anyways, we got yeah. some good stuff coming this week. Uh, we we've got. Uh, um, you know, just recently, the Alberta uh, government did some new closure rules around COVID, and that's all happening this week. So it's going to affect a lot of, uh, I know, a lot of people that you work with, Dan. So we're going to be talking with uh, on that story. Uh, story out of BC talking about uh, not everything is awesome out there, you know, with uh, the Lego challenges. and But uh, it's it's an interesting conversation just as it relates to the reliance on on a major supplier. And, and so sure. we're going to chat there. Um as good as it is, I guess, like the shift of these new opportunities, there's a story out of Manitoba talking about the challenges that this shift is making for these businesses because they truthfully weren't originally set up to, to operate this way. And uh, yeah, I saw a little eye roll there. I know we're going to get right into that there. But uh, and then Dan's going to share his five rules of retail. And uh, that was all in cap, folks. So those are those are going to be some good rules. I'm looking forward to those. And then uh, at the end, great, great con- or topic conversation that uh, we, we've chatted lots about, but just that ongoing pursuit of customer loyalty and, and a good, good story uh, there. So our uh, fresh off the press, you know, the Alberta government um, announced yesterday all these new changes that are coming amidst, uh, you know, trying to, to crush this second wave here, Dan, a lot of... Uh, um, different rules are going to affect the retailers and more in the province. What are your thoughts here? You know, it's Rob, it's not just um, Alberta, but Alberta sort of came out uh, Tuesday afternoon, late afternoon with their latest set of rules and restrictions and blah, blah, blah. And of course it, it, it immediately forced, you know, hours on the phone, which is okay. I, I love that ability to be a sounding board, but also to say, hey, hang on a second, let's walk back into our reality, you know, and so I did spend the, the, the majority of Tuesday late afternoon and, and most into the evening. I think my last message sort of went in and out about two in the morning. Um, and I, and my response was pretty similar for all. Listen, you can't change the way shit smells. You know, you can't change <laughs> the wind's direction. You can adjust your sale and still get to your destination. We can adjust and still get to our destination. We need to adapt, adjust, align, or or die. It's just that simple. This direction or this decision, pardon me, is ours to make. We we are victims of circumstance led by, gosh, you know, my dad used to say a victim of circumstance led by an asshole. But there's a whole bunch of these a-holes that are causing some grief here. And I'm not, this is not about whether we believe or don't believe. It's how we're going to react to the new restrictions that are put in place. And we need to adapt. It's just that simple. Retail is still going strong. Retail is still in a good place. 
not a negative place. And the biggest new question for for an Alberta retailer, and you know, we should first maybe pay some pay some respects to those food and beverage that you know government's going to kill with this next month of restrictions in their you know in some cases best time of year. Um, but retailers are not in the same place as food and beverage. Food and beverage is closed. Retail is not. The only adjustment for us in retail, Rob, is occupancy and the this math, yeah. this this math oh yeah math here we go haven't yep. i been saying forever you got to know your math <laughs> yep well now you really do need to know your math and not be scared i talked to somebody last night that said to me um does this mean i'm only allowed two customers in my store and i said no that's not what this means you need to know what your capacity is you need to know what your load occupancy is and this comes directly from your building code or your fire code it's posted in your store it's not as small a load as you might think and so here's the simple calculation you take your total square meters excluding washroom and backroom areas just your square meters are your showroom divide it by 3.7 and then multiply by 15 percent you got to know your math this is the math i mean here's a quick example if your showroom is 15 meters by 15 meters. That's 225 square meters or ballpark 740 feet. So I've got a 740 square foot showroom. My occupancy is nine people, including my staff. If my showroom's 1500 feet, your max occupancy is 18 people. It's not as small as we think it is. And we're getting sort of caught up in the oh my gosh oh my gosh instead of saying okay hang on a minute let's use some numbers let's use a little bit of data to tell us the truth here hey i can have i'm in a 1500 square foot showroom never mind my back room just measure your showroom and say hey here's the calculation it is total square meters divided by or pardon me multiplied divided by holy cow here i am messing up math (laughs) divided by 3.7 times the 15 percent Yep. A 1,500 square foot showroom can have 18 people in it. How many of our 1,800 or 1,500 square foot showrooms can actually hold 18 people shopping comfortably? Not really that many. And are we really faced with that much traffic in our store at any given minute through the normality of the day, through the normal day? Not in your peak on Saturday afternoon, but your normal operating time. Yeah. 18 people it, is a good number sure- to have in our store. It sure feels like, and you know, they were pretty pointed in their in their uh, press conference that in the springtime that you know they yeah. allowed the big box retailers to really thrive during that time, and and this fifteen percent rule honestly is going to hit them really really hard. Where to your point, and and I I think you know fifteen percent is probably that bit of that normal flow you know outside of a couple spikes through through the week right. and and to take that step back and say you know what it, it is going to be f- hopefully you know fairly normal traffic for you right. and uh you know back to that communication opportunity where hey you get an opportunity to reach out and and say you know would you mind coming monday afternoon and you know try and try and flow them uh, at different times during during the week yeah, book book appointments. There's tons yep. of free booking opportunities. If you want to book an appointment in your store, if you want to give somebody exclusive access to the store, make it convenient for them. Do it at six o'clock at night or nine o'clock in the morning. You know, there's tons and tons of opportunity here. Yep. We can't get caught up in the, like I said, you can't change the way shit smells, brother. You just got to be able 
people that deal with it. You adjust and adapt and realign and stop bitching and complaining about it. This is an opportunity time. The more time, more energy we spend on the woe is me, the less opportunity you have to satisfy your customers' needs and your bank account's going to feel it. Yeah. Well, and listen, here's the last piece of advice I gave retailers yesterday, you know, was, hey, these restrictions don't come into place until midnight Sunday. You better be prepared for a busy Friday, Saturday, Sunday. I mean, maybe even it starts, you know, Wednesday, Thursday. I don't know. But be prepared for a busy weekend. Yep. I would agree with that. Okay, our next story comes out of uh, Vernon from uh, um, infonews.ca, a story about uh, Lego. You know, and I joke that uh, not everything is awesome in this particular story. It's based on these small retailers that have, you know, really relied on Lego being part of their, their product mix and uh obviously popular toy and and newsflash i'm I'm not sure when it hasn't been popular for for the last while but they get caught in this moment where all of a sudden the the product supply is is running low they're not getting it but that sense that all the big boys are which in this particular story lego disputed and, and said we'll have none of that Right. We, we need, we have a common friend, Dan, that uh, we, we need Laszlo <laughs> to come in with, uh, he'll be the Lego savior. Laszlo could satisfy a few stars with he some product. Uh, We're going to have to tag him in our story. He's a small <laughs> municipality's worth of Lego. In the, yeah, he does. <laughs> he does. More than most retailers have. Big what box you, retailers. What are your thoughts here, Dan, when you read this story? Man, planning, planning, planning. I, I feel the pain for these retailers. And let's you know, here we are again, allowing a headline to sort of dictate the theme of the story. This is not big, bad manufacturer, big, bad Lego choosing Canadian Tire over the or Walmart over the little guy. This yeah. is just about planning. I feel the retailers pain here. In fact, I see it on a regular, regular basis. There are segments of retail that are doing extraordinarily well. And to the degree that they plan predict remember that short-term prediction is a key leadership trait in any business not just retail or big box retail but the ability to predict an outcome to predict my sales volume and to the degree that these retailers take the appropriate calculated risk they're maximizing opportunity and while i don't have an answer to the actual lego shortage i.e i think it's obvious probably covid has something to do with it remember what happened back in 2000 when did the Lego movie come out? I don't know. Was it 2015 or something? Um, uh, yeah, that 20, 2014, yeah. 2015. 2014, 2014. But yeah. the Lego movie drove a ton of Lego business that the manufacturer couldn't keep up with. Yeah. And here, you know, Mexico is where most of the Lego, I think, is produced. Um, and they were on stay-at-home orders. You know, factories shut down as non-essential. And so it does impact your supply chain. But this is more about, you know, Lego supplying the retailer that put the order in. And, you know, this retailer or one of the retailers in this article pointed out, they've got many other things for customers. Right. And, and when I said at the beginning of this diatribe, planning, 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 it is effective, accurate planning would probably change this retailer's perspective. And planning, merchandise planning, inventory planning is no easy feat on your own. Knowing what to buy, you know, how much to buy, and when to buy on pure instinct 
is like tiptoeing to the edge of a cliff right. and taking a leap of faith and not knowing whether that backpack has a parachute in it or, or, or on your back is a parachute or this you know, backpack full of overdue invoices. This is all about accurate planning. And we can't find out on the way down whether we bought right or didn't buy right. Merchandise planning accurately predicts your revenues revenue sales it accurately predicts your purchasing requirement or your stock to sales requirement it it helps us make better decision on the way we price and sell product it forces us to take action actions that impact our performance who doesn't want to achieve increased sales reduced inventories and more cash that is merchandise planning. And we've never really come out on the podcast and said, this is what you need to do. But you need to be planning your merchandise. Instead of saying, woe is me, this, we've seen this trend coming. You know, we knew that this was going to be a big holiday season. Home decor, candles. Oh my gosh, candles is probably the number one category in home decor right now you know we're seeing this trend and we have this ability to predict what those revenues are instead of saying what was me it's celebrate the fact that you planned effectively you took the risk that you you know calculated risk that protected some cash and you grew some sales and if you sell to extinction man oh man isn't that euphoria isn't that what we all want sell to extinction when when you look at this story dan you know the planning for quantity I'll ask the question, what are sure. your thoughts on the planning for, I'll, I'll just use the term, the hit them where they ain't, right? The, the, you're in a category that you know all the big boys carry, carry these lines, maybe you know, planning towards trying to carry things that they, they don't, or, or what are your thoughts along that line? Yes, for sure, Rob. This is about gap analysis, but more importantly, it's, it is about analyzing the performance of a category in your store and fulfilling that category or class of information, pardon me, class of inventory, a class is an assembly of products that sell on a similar curve. You know, when we talk about toys, we break toys down, right? Board games, construction, uh, education, uh, role play, artistic, you know, we can break down this toy category the same yep. way we break down an apparel store, you know, tops, bottoms, tank tops, graphic tees, novelty tees, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And when we fulfill that category with products that definitely fill a void in the marketplace, yep. we capture market share, right? And this right. is not about, you know, oh, I'm going to feed Canadian Tire over you know, Joe's toy store, can the entire plan for it? Yeah. They're using intelligence that's available to the independent retailer. I don't care if you're $250,000 a year in revenue or 25 million, you need planning in your life. And planning will steer you, not constrain, steer, yeah. push, force you to take risk and make decision that impacts your business appropriately. Right on. Speaking of planning, folks, a uh, reminder, this podcast is brought to you by Canadian Retail Solutions. Let them help you uh, make that plan. Find that cutting-edge retail solution today. Visit retailbycrs.com. From the latest point-of-sale software to merchandise intelligence, and boy, we're hearing a lot about that this morning, you know, finding yeah. that, that intelligence in the data, the open-to-buy plans and more. Folks, they're here to help, so definitely go check them out when you have a chance. 
Okay, Dan, our uh, our next story uh, from uh, cbc.ca. I know I know I got a little eye roll on the headline there, but uh, you know it talks about these local businesses being stretched to the limit and and stretched a lot by you know the good and the bad, where there there's this influx of wanting to support local. And you mentioned candles, and there's a part of this story talks about a candle maker that's just just killing it. Um, but uh, the story talks about they just weren't set up for this type of model and they're dealing with it on the fly. What do you think about when you read this story? Well, I can tell you what my first instinct was. It was cry me a river, adopt or die. Like yeah. re- seriously, are we really complaining <laughs> about <laughs> the increased revenue? And then in one hand, talking about this increased need, people calling me wanting to buy things from me. Oh my God, spare me the trouble. People calling me wanting to buy things from me and, and me saying it, it's two or three times as much work to fulfill an order. Yeah, so be it. Align or die, man. Realign or die. You have an opportunity to sell someone something that takes a whole lot less effort than it does in person. Someone's picking up the phone. Do you have this book? Yes. Can I buy this book? Yes. Okay. Now, how do I got to get it to them? How do I need to fulfill yeah. this? And, you know, it's really not. I just, I, I feel like I was harsh. At first, when I read it, when I'm like, Crimea River, adapt or die, it's just that simple. Stop bitching and complaining about an increase in in workflow to capture a sale. And and I mean, largely, this was bookstore driven, perhaps, you know, not the best online example or or someone that would have any kind of a strategy to to do business online. But we do need to align our processes to be distribution instead of frontline in-person sales. And hey, it's much easier to work you know, on your own timeline or own hours of operation in this opportunity, you know, versus I'm only allowed to see customers nine to five and I'm only allowed in my small bookstore four people at a time. I can manage a whole lot more sales when I think about distribution or fulfillment versus retail sales. Right. And I know it's difficult to plan for this, you know, stuff, but now, now we see how she is responding. And this is giving us insight in how to better plan our vision for 2021, realign some of our efforts to be better at fulfillment, which maybe we've not been great at. Maybe we've taken it for granted that people will walk in our front door, peruse our aisle of books, hand select one book, come up to the till and buy it. Maybe now they're buying two and three books. You know, that's, it's, a necessary evil in in surviving today's world. And you've got to adapt. You've got to adjust. I mean, you can call it pivot, adaptation, whatever we want, whatever, you know, 2020 word we want to use, right? You've got to be able to adapt to this workflow. And listen, we can walk through any bookstore in St. Albert and see that they're going to be challenged and, and that maybe they're not set up. They're set up, you know, like a library, rows and rows and rows of books. Maybe it is more difficult. So be it. When when you talk about that setup, uh, this is more of a general retail question. With this, with this shift happening, what's your thoughts, Dan, on the on the mix within the store? And I'll just use some generic numbers. If if two thirds of a traditional store was your your display 
shopping area in the back with storage. Do you see that mix changing in the future to uh, to allow more for that? Uh, you know, the assembly line, the the deliveries and such. What are your thoughts there? Yeah, of course we do. Of course we do. And we're going to realign. You know, how much do we need for back office and how much do we need for front office or or showroom space? Yeah. And this is going to have an impact across the landscape. It's oh. going to change every single person that's connected to it. It's going to change real estate rates. You know, I'm not going to pay 40 bucks a foot for backroom space. And maybe now I'm going to try to get out of a high traffic retail area and go to something that's a little bit more commercial, a little more industrial, a little more. Maybe I can do that. Maybe I can move to a little more destination. Yeah. Maybe it's going to create better opportunities, you know, for me to negotiate a better deal with my landlord to say, hey, look, I'm not really using this much. I'll pay this much for my showroom and this much for my backroom and I'm going to stay but I'm not going to pay 30 or 40 or 50 bucks a foot yeah. for the entire 2000 feet when I'm only using, you know, 900 as showroom. Yeah. No, and it'll be a shift for the landlords. It'll be a shift yep. for the realtors out there, but Hey, yep. they're all big boys. They can take it. Big girls. They got it. Yeah. <laughs> They'll figure out a way. They'll figure it out. Okay. Well, uh, talk about figuring it out. We've uh, taken us into our segment here, sharing some of the, the, um, you know, the wisdom you've got, Dan, and, and when it comes to retail and just boiled right down to, I like it. I like the number five. I like it so much. I used it twice in my name, but uh, the five rules of retail, Dan, what share those with us. What do you got? I did it just for you. I said, I can't give him seven rules. I can't give him three. It's <laughs> I got to give him five. He loves five. So yeah. here's, you know, here's my quick five rules of retail. Retail success comes from turning your vision into her reality. The biggest rule, biggest thing we have to recognize, retail success for us comes from our ability to turn our vision into her reality. You've got to embody this vision. You've got to see it forward and look far enough forward that we make change and adjust along the way. Vision can only be satisfied, you know, by turning it to a reality. Number two rule, hire, train and coach salespeople in your retail stores. Stop hiring warm bodies. Stop hiring fillers. Hire salespeople. People that understand how to connect. We've got to hire, train, and coach. Coaching's an ongoing thing. Yeah. Hire, train, and coach salespeople for our stores. Number three, market share comes from creating ambassadors not customers. Market like share, yeah. gaining market share comes from you converting people that walk through your front door into ambassadors, inspiring them to become this raving fan of your store, raving, yelling from the mountaintop. Yeah. It's not about selling more customers. It's about creating, you know, more ambassadors. Rule number five, or sorry, four, pardon me, four, Probably the most critical thing is inventory and having the right inventory in the right class right now gets a sale. You know, we talk about the right inventory at the right time in the right class. What I really mean is what is your freshness factor, freshness factor, the measure of new inventory against total inventory and an apparel store should be 
over, you know, 30, 60, 90 days should be 50, 75 and 100 percent fresh, meaning that in the last 90 days I have brought in equal to what my current inventory is or received. The fresher your inventory, the higher your sales. Inventory is critical, more critical than any other aspect in your store. And here we are again, talking a little bit about planning. You need to plan your inventory. You've got to know what to buy and when. It's not an easy thing. It does take some science. And when science is married with the art of buying, we get this beautiful, profitable, cash-rich picture. Last thing, last rule, number five, Retail is all about the detail. You've got to get down in the weeds. You can't play this surfacey game. It is about the detail. It's about knowing the why something is working. Not the why it's not, but the why it is so you can replicate it. And Rob, that only comes from jumping down into the weeds. You've got to swim down there. There's the five rules I have today. Nice. I like it. You know, don't have to make it too complicated. Like, just not that <laughs> this isn't rocket science, people. Okay, well, I'm going to pick on that one point that I really like, and that's about the ambassadors and taking yeah. the last story that we have from entrepreneur.com, you know, talking about earning and, and well, creating, earning, keeping that loyalty. And, uh, you know, they, they say 56% of customers stay loyal to the brands which which get them. When you, when you saw this, Dan, what popped in your head? Well, I, I, I'm feeling like, gosh, it should be higher than 56. Um, I think 32% is the number. 32% of uh, your traffic today comes from a brand new customer, somebody yep. you've never met. So, you know, doing my math, that tells me that maybe it should be 68% loyal. Um, but listen, nothing can hurt worse, Rob you know, than losing a customer and not knowing why. And this article talked about, you know, the pain, you know, the pain of losing a customer. You've got to be better at this loyalty. And and the, the truth is loyalty is not bought and sold like a commodity. It is earned. Loyalty begins with trust and continues with respect, admiration, and goodwill, making people feel good. How you make people feel is, is the biggest contributor to earning better customer loyalty. Customers are being forced to shop differently. They're being forced to make fewer in-person purchases. And retailers that aim to engage consumers sort of beyond this single purchase need to better understand their customers. You've got to know them better and adapt offerings that align with the changing customer behavior. Your customer, the one that's shopped with you for a decade, is now changing her purchasing habits. And you have to change in order to align with her priorities. You want to create and maintain her loyalty, adapt to her new behaviors. And this is really in any business. It's not just retail. If you want to earn my business, adapt to the way I need to do business today, the way I need to shop today, adapt, adjust, pivot, whatever. (laughs) When, when you, uh, when you talk about, you know, the hurt of losing that, that customer, losing that loyalty, how do, they, how do a lot of retailers know that, Dan? You know, like what, what's that? Uh, we don't quite have the exit interview where we kind of know the, well, this is why I left. 
Um, what, what do you say to your retailers to try and gain that understanding about maybe why they, they have lost certain customers over a certain time? When you want the answer to a question, what do you usually do? I guess ask the question. I guess you ask the question. Yep. And you said there's no exit interview, but that's bullshit. Okay. There's 100% an exit interview. And if you're not reaching out to your customers and understanding why she's not shopping with you today, do you really care? Care how? Do you so? really care? Pick up the damn phone. Oh, no, totally. <laughs> Listen, oh, okay. if I no, lose I you, if I walk more, out, yeah. go ahead. I was just going to say, I ask it more from, from a, you know, what are the triggers? Like what, what would you, you know, I use the, we don't have an exit interview in that we don't have the black and whiteness of knowing when we've lost them. So what, what do you build into your ongoing business to say, you know what, you haven't seen so-and-so in X amount of time. Like, do you say, you should figure out your cycle. You should know that if you haven't seen them in 90 days, some, something's going on and you should have a process in place to, to pick up the phone, send an email, yeah. text, you know, what, what have you. You know, Rob, we just said retail is all about the detail and getting down into the weeds and digging in to really understand what makes your business tick. I think I've said for a long time, know your customers. Know your top 10 customers by name. Where does that come from? Well, it comes from your data. It comes from your point of sale system. I'm running my weekly sales report to see who's come in, which identifies maybe who didn't. And I'm not looking for what I don't know. I'm looking for what I do know. And if I run that top 10, top 25, top 50, top 100 customer report every single Sunday morning, I'm going to start to see some routine, some rhythm, some trend. I can see that, you know, Molly comes in and shops in my store three times a month or four times a, right. uh, uh, a year. And, you know, as I start to build this information, I get to know who's coming and who's not coming. And that list starts to expand. And every person on my team that engages with an audience should know who their top 10, top 25, top 50. You know, look at your customer volume and say, who do I need to know? here. I can't possibly know or remember everyone, but I can certainly use some data to tell me that. And when somebody's purchase habits change, I need to find out why. Is it something I did? Did they move? Did I change my assortment? What, you know, why does someone stay with me versus why does someone leave? Were they truly my customer? I promise you, Karen's of the world, I can track them. I can trend them. I know when they're going to come and when they're not going to come. I know what questions they're going to ask. I know what kind of grief they're going to cause me. And I know Molly, you know, I know how much of a joy she is. And I know how to get excited when she walks in and detract when Karen walks in. I know I, I, I get it. I, I see it every day in my store and I need yep. to know who my customers are. All apologies to women named Karen out there. And uh, I know we, Karen, we did, that came we did not Karen gets that. a bad rap now. We didn't <laughs> it's create a bad it. rap. Yeah. Uh, a lot of good stuff this week, Dan. Uh, <laughs> folks, if, if you haven't yet, head to retailbycrs.com. Sign up for the newsletter. Each week we send out the links to the stories that we talk about. Uh, as well, we've got some extra stories. And this week you'll see ones for... Um, a lot of the buy now, pay later, we're seeing a lot of stories around that and how it's literally working its way down to, to the smallest of retailers providing, you know, that financial flexibility for customers. Story about uh, Canadian mall owners becoming retail owners where, you know, they're, they're forced to, well, here's what we got to do. We're going to actually buy these retailers and keep things going. 
Uh, the Ikea catalog coming to an end after 2021, <laughs> after 70 years of publication. So little story there. And uh, great story. We've talked lots about this and really believe in it, just how supply chain data is key to that, what now is that ever important omni-channel uh, success. So, yeah. Yeah. Good yeah, stuff, yeah, yeah, yeah. Guys, head over to thewealthyretailer.com, retailbycrs.com. Hit subscribe on the newsletter. We'll get you a copy in that weekly newsletter. Of course, the podcast that you can listen to on your favorite platform, um, anywhere you're comfortable, driving in the car, running on the treadmill, whatever it is you do. Um, and of course, you know, there's always some decent stuff in the newsletter. The, the, the team works really hard to put information, you know, not clutter you up with junk. Um, certainly, we key off on all of our headlines. Uh, every weekend. Would love to see you over there on the newsletter. Right on. Have a great week, everyone. Yeah. Happy retailing.